Rebel Yell podcast on the Trib Live High School Sports Network here, saluting our WPIAL second to the last regular season girls basketball team of the week. It is the uh, Upper St. Clair Panthers who are uh, fighting for their postseason lives and doing a heck of a job. Two monster victories this past week. Their head coach, the one, the only Pete Serio, kind enough to join us. Uh, Oh, Peter, congratulations on the big week, the success this season, uh, et cetera, et cetera. We appreciate you joining us. Thank you, Don. It's a pleasure. I I appreciate you asking me to be on. Before we talk about the week and the season and everything, I want to go back. We had a conversation earlier this year uh, chatting uh, before one of your games and, um, you know, we're just talking about how this program and kudos to you and your wife, Susie, uh, on, on the success that this program has had, but man, it has not been easy with the amount of key injuries that you guys have suffered. And this was even before, uh, the Riley Calicay unfortunate injury, um, but yet you guys have still it's a it's a testimony to you guys and also the depth of of this program that you guys have still been able to enjoy big time success um you know on the one hand you're probably excited about what you guys have been able to scratch and claw out but at the other hand, on the other hand you're probably like whoa i mean did i did i tick somebody off did i do i have like a um, you know, uh, a bent horseshoe in my back pocket. What's going on here? Well, Don, um, I appreciate that. And it is kind of a double-edged sword. It really is. But um, as coaches, we always we always remember our losses. And, um, you know, this program has been very successful, and I do credit that to the players. But, yes, it does seem like there was a black cloud um, hanging over me or us. Take your pick. Um over these last four years, because every single year we've had a major injury to a really good player. Um, and it's just, you know, Chuck Knoll, next next player up is the mentality we've had to have. And um, I wish things were different, but like everything else in life, sometimes it just doesn't fall your way. And, um, you know, we've had to battle and claw and do what we can do to try to uh, – survive or make up for what we have lost but yes i'm very proud of where we've where we've been over the last five years and for those who haven't followed we're talking major injuries we're talking season ending injuries we're not talking sprained ankle out for three or four games um that the panthers have been able to overcome back-to-back years as runners up in the wpial but what you guys are doing this year might be the most impressive uh, again, the, at the point that we talked earlier, um, you lost a lot of players from the the the, the district cha- runner-up team uh, from a year ago, uh, but you had a very special player back in in, in Riley Calicay. Um, you were like, you know, hey, it's 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 Riley and the four pups. You know, I mean, uh, uh, then she goes out, and it would have been so easy to just say, all right, well, let's we're thinking now about 2025 and um, you know, let's do what we need to do to get through this and, and, and move forward. But that has not been the case. This team has grown up obviously quickly and has uh, 
counting the games she got hurt against Peters Township, you guys are now five and five without one of the elite players in the district. Um, our, our players have really responded. And when Riley went down, um, you know, to me, Riley's the best player in the Whippeal. And I may be biased, but I actually really believe that. Without question, the best player I've ever coached. And, you know, what? how are we going to respond? Now, I believe that experience has helped us in this situation because, um, yes, when Ava Keating went down, she was a freshman and Mia Brown was a sophomore. And then last year, Sam Prunzik goes down um, in the semifinals and we have to go play in that Woodville Championship game without her. And I wish I had that game over again because I would have done what I had, what I am doing right now without Riley, which was, it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. And let's get back to work and let's do this. And, you know, when players are given opportunities, they usually step up and these kids have stepped up and, and um, I didn't spend as much time with my team right now. Um, being sad about not having Riley anymore or using talking about that all the time. Like I did with Sam when we lost Sam before the Whitfield championship game. And I think I've learned that. So we struggled in the beginning. Cause I was, I would like tell, I even told my team ladies, you don't understand everything we did in preseason for those months. And then the first month and a half of our season, all our offenses and everything we did was had right. involved in it. So we're trying to now start all over again as we're playing our games. And um, over these last five games, it's been, it's been fun to coach. It's been fun to watch these kids improve and come together as a team. And it's been pretty rewarding. Um, and I'm really proud of the way these kids, have, uh, these kids have stepped up. We've had a couple kids who, you know, we had to make up 20. I put it on a whiteboard after we lost Riley. I said, okay, here's – 20 some points a game. Where are we getting it? And I went around the room and I said, Meredith, can you give me three or four more points a game? Liv, can you give me three or four more points a game? And I went around the room asking the players if they could do that. And it didn't happen right away, but their, their points per game have really improved over the last five games. It's been a total team effort. That's how it had to have been once Riley went down and uh, and how it continues to be with this little uh, surge and a big week that has put you um, in good position as far as the playoff chase. We'll talk about that in a moment. H H was was one of your concerns outside of the points um, the leadership? Where would that come from? Because this was a it's a young team, it's an inexperienced team outside of Riley. Um, was that a concern once the injury happened? Well, surely it was a concern. The biggest concern was who are we going to give the ball to when we really need that basket? Right. End of each quarter, um, game's tied. Who are we giving the ball to? It was, hey, give it to Riley and let's go. Um, but, again, we've learned where we can go. Maybe this yeah. mayor, this Hujak is on fire and we're going to get her the ball. Or Livia Terlecki's having a good night and we're going to give her the ball. Or, you know, one of the other kids is, is just having a good night. Um, so we so it's a it's a feel thing for you now. It sure is. It sure is. And it's also of what play has been working or will work now. Because Riley was just you give her the ball and she could get to the rim. Right. Um, so yes, it's been a learning experience, not only for me, but for the kids as well, and trying to figure out, and you're right, 
I'm sorry, I'm avert, but you said it's been a total team effort. And it really is a total team effort defensively, too. They've really bought into everything we've done and the game plans we've come up with. And um, again, I couldn't be more proud of these kids. And I'm so appreciative of how they've handled uh, everything. Yeah, I, I mean, it's easy to try to figure out where the points are going to come from, like you mentioned you did on the on the whiteboard. However, the one thing I talk about here on this podcast and during broadcasts of games is, you know, defense never takes a night off. And if you have a very good defensive team, you are going to have a shot um, every Monday and Thursday or Tuesday and Friday, whatever the case is. And um, you guys have, have – not that you weren't a good defensive team when Riley was out there, but uh, you've probably leaned on that a little more. Well, we, we, yeah, we need to get more stops because we, yeah. we may not score as many points, but Don, the other thing is I don't think people think about um, is that when we're playing a team and we had Riley, the other team's game plan was to stop Riley, right? which, which could open things up for the other kids. Well, now, these players are the one being game planned against. So we've really had to execute offensively. We talked about that after, uh, you know, over the last seven games is we have to let our offense help us execute what we're going to get and, and get us a good shot. And, um, you know, but that was a thing that I don't think some people think about now the defense could gear towards whoever we thought was having a good night instead of just worrying about Riley. Talking to Pete Serio, head coach of the Upper St. Clair Panthers, uh, our girls basketball team of the week here on the Rebel Yell podcast. You come into the week um, on the outside looking in as far as the playoff bubble is concerned, uh, three section victories um, in need of some wins in the section, but a tough chore uh, home against Mount Lebanon at Chartiers Valley. Let's first talk about the Mount Lebanon game again. Uh, you've been through it uh, going back uh, to your playing days, Upper St. Clair, Mount Lebanon, something special. Anytime they get together, uh, they come to your place. Uh, they had knocked you guys off at third place. Uh, key to a victory over uh, the Blue Devils at the start of the week. It was just executing our offense and handling the pressure that they give you on the offensive end. Um I'm trying to just take advantage of some things that we think that they do that we could, you know, maybe get used to our advantage. Um, always a big game when you play Mount Lebanon. Yeah. I know they the same way. I have so much respect for them um, and what they do over there. Uh, but, yes, it's it's always a big win. Uh, we played them really tough at their place. We had a chance at the buzzer. Um, Ryan had a little shot at it. A great opportunity for her. She made a good move, and the ball just didn't fall through the hoop. And um, so we lost that one. But coming in here, we knew what we had to do to to try and, you know, keep moving on this year. And the kids really responded, and they played with a lot of energy. And defensively, they did a great job. They did a fabulous job defensively. Sort of strange how this section is – well, not strange, but different how this section is played out. We're so used – to Upper St. Clair, we're so used to going back to the Dory days, Mount Lebanon, um, and going back to the Johnna days, Bethel Park being the big three that everyone was chasing. Uh, this year in Section 26A, it's been Peters Township and Chartiers Valley that everybody's been looking at, and now Peters Township uh, with their incredible season uh, pulling away on their way to a uh, section championship. So you go 
to Chartier's Valley, again, uh, in need of a victory to put yourself in pretty good shape. And, uh, boy, you, you, you get the job done in, in impressive fashion. We were sort of touching on a little bit before we started this podcast. Again, talk about the big victory over the Colts. Uh, that was uh, I was exhausted last night. We, <laughs> we came out, and Char Valley is just so athletic. And um, they have a nice post player and who can play the perimeter, too, is Emma Reynolds, one of my favorites. Right. I, in our section, I actually think she's very good. Um, and they got and they got some some athletes over there. Lila Turnbull can just fly, and the child never seems to breathe heavily either, no matter how hard she plays. Um, we played a little zone to slow them down a little bit, and um, that was kind of helping us out to our advantage. We took a nice little lead at halftime, and then Dawn halftime came, and we knew they were going to come at us, but. I, I can tell you this. I've been doing this a long time, but their double and triple teaming from the second half on, from the beginning of the third quarter, was relentless. Was relentless, and we buckled. There's no question about it. We buckled. Um, we didn't score in the third quarter until the last three seconds. Ryan stole. A, Ryan Prunzik stole the ball and ran and went down and made a layup, and that was our only two points of the third quarter. And then we got in the fourth quarter and the defense was coming at us again. And, and I could just see there in their eyes that they were starting to feel all this pressure of, yeah. of this lead. And um, I had one time out where, where I just, I just challenged them, just challenged them that nobody was going to give them anything and they had to fight back. And we almost broke Don, but we didn't. And uh, we made some free throws down the stretch and uh, maybe maybe one of our better wins in a long, long time. It really was. No rest for the weary. Now you guys uh, go into the final week of the regular season. Right now, sitting in fourth place, top four teams make it actually tied for third place in the loss column with Mount Lebanon. But you have Cannon McMillan breathing down your back. You lost to the Big Macs the first time, so you don't want to lose. I always say the big thing is split, 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 and you'll be in good shape in a playoff chase. Uh, big game at Upper St. Clair on Monday. It, um, I know I've talked to my wife about it. We have to win the game. It just it, it comes down to that because the tiebreaker wouldn't fall well with us if we don't win that. And um, – so we have to win it. It's that simple, but my kids know it. We really haven't talked about it, Don. I, I got to be honest with you. I don't want to talk about it. It's just okay. a bit of time. And um, let's see what we can do and just play hard. And, um, but, yes, we have to – even though we were fortunate enough to beat Mount Lebanon and Shar Valley this week, it's still not enough. So we, we have to – we still have to take care of business, and at least it's in our hands. So. Yep, and at your place, so that's uh, that's uh, an advantage as well. We'll have it on HSSN. Um, before I let you go, I want to throw something out there, and you may have an opinion, you may not. And either way is fine. Um, you've been doing this as you mentioned a long time. Last ten years at Upper Saint Clair, your wife, longtime coach before that, uh, a high school coach also coached in uh, college and pros. Um, the dynamic seems to be changing. We have seen 
over the last couple of years, a lot more coaches either stepping away or being let go uh, mid-season, which back in the day never happened unless there was a health issue involved. Um, is there too much expectation? Is there too much pressure on coaches, high school coaches, um, nowadays with the dynamic, the social dynamic and, you know, trying to make everybody happy and, and, and keep everybody, uh, involved, et cetera, et cetera. Do you notice that, um, that additional pressure or is that something that really, um, that you haven't, uh, it hasn't affected you? No, it has. It, it, I think it's affected anybody that's been doing it for a long time or probably that's over the age of 45, maybe 50. Um, I think the big, some of the things are the social media aspect where all teams now, somebody is tweeting a picture or, or, or something about who did what and who did this and who did that. And obviously sometimes people are unhappy if their names aren't mentioned. No, this isn't happening at our place. I, I just want to. No, uh, no. Um, but the social media thing has, it's different. Everybody wants their moment, right? And when they're not getting their moment, parents can be well, difficult. Okay, that's a good word. <laughs> difficult for us. And Don, I just think the whole landscape of coaching has changed. Um, I do believe it's a younger person's game at this point. Um, because because of, and also the hours that go. I mean, this is year this is year round now. I, I, by the way, I blame John Miller for that 30 years ago. Thank you, John. Uh, we weren't used to, we used to not be allowed to be with our players from March or I'm sorry. Yeah. From March to like September, we weren't even allowed to be with them. So, um, but anyway, that's another story. But it, the dynamics of coaching has really changed. And I think, I don't know how much longer I'm going to do this. Um, I'm older, so I don't relate to the kids as well as some of, I've watched the younger coaches that I see out there. Um, and also, Don, those of us that are a little older, we like, for less of a learn, I'm not saying discipline in a hard way, but you have to learn how to do things the right way and correct kids and be able to correct them and not, you know, and not be taken to task or trying to, to in a way, like fire them up, get them motivated, whatever it might be. But it seems like coaches have lost their authority and I don't blame anybody. I don't even blame the administration for what is going on because as a school teacher, I learned in my last five years and, and as we go on is that the administrators have a really difficult job. Mm -hmm. School board is there and, and the school boards can make things difficult on the administrators. And if parents have a in with a school board member, it's just a big hassle. And at the end of the day, administrators and understand this, they want that they'll make decisions that'll make their lives more simple instead of putting themselves through a grinder that they don't necessarily want to be in. And it's, I don't blame them. I really don't. When someone says to me, well, the administration, you, you people don't understand their job's not very easy at all. Yeah. They have parents and school board members coming at them and it, it makes things difficult for everybody. I don't know when it all changed, 
Um, but it has changed. Yeah. I love still what I do. Um, I'm having a great time this year. I don't know how much longer I'm going to do this, but I think people that know me know that. And we'll keep doing it. But, you know, I, I've changed. I've changed somewhat for what I do. My roles, I I used to be a stickler for roles, and I'm, I'm not like that so much anymore. I give leeway here and there, and um, it has changed. And it's not easy for a lot of us. And those those couple coaches that have been let go this midseason, they were doing a great job, and they had been doing a great job in the past. And kind of sad. Yeah. Now, we all don't know all the stories, but I'm just going to go by, you know, my experience. And yeah. it's not easy anymore. Sadly, um, the days of double-digit coaching years like yourself are are becoming dinosaurs because with all the outlying um, situations uh, and pressures, um, like you said, it's it's a it's a young person game now, and even those young people, you know, they they get in, they dip their toe in, and a lot of them are like, okay, <laughs> after three or four years, that's that's enough, whether they've had great success or not. Um, it, it is what it is, and and that's sad. Uh, I've and and as long as I've been doing this, had a, a great affection and respect for the coaches. Uh, both head coaches and assistant coaches for all the time they put in. Sure, there may be a bad apple here or there, but it's few and far between. And, um, you know, uh, I've seen good, bad things happen to good folks, and that's the sort of the sour end of uh, of, of this high school business. But, um, yeah, I just wanted to get your opinion. Well, well spoken. And you would know, working for that taskmaster athletic director that you have, at Upper St. Clair, so. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm very fortunate to, to be able to work for Danny and um, and have him in my corner all the time. So right. that don't cause him too much grief. He gives me a dollar every time his name comes up in one of these podcasts. So, uh, dollar? Danny Holzer. There's another. <laughs> there you go. That's hey, two bucks. And I just, I, I would like to just mention my players' names only because. Sure, I, no, go ahead. I feel like they've earned it. And, um, you know, these kids have really stepped up and, you know, Meredith Huzak and Olivia Terlecki have really taken on the bulk of our scoring over the last five games. They both improved by five points, four or five points a game. And um, they've really stepped up and been our go-to players. And I'd like to talk about Ryan Prunzik for a second. Um, she's our sophomore and she's our point guard, but the kid is just, relentless and fabulous defender. She's only five foot four and she is our leading rebounder because she can jump on it. And um, he's doing a great job setting everything up for us and being our little spark plug. Uh, and Kate Moore, who now starts because of, of the injury to Riley and um, comes in and is a great defender and gives us speed and athleticism and, and, then you go on to Claire Rosenberry, who has stepped up to start in the post, along with Peyton McGregor, who comes in for us and, and, and does does her job in the post. And lastly, Grace Howe, who comes off the bench for us, is one of our guards and gives everybody a rest when they need it. Um, these kids have all stepped up. I would say that out of the seven I just mentioned, only one had some varsity experience last year in Olivia. And... Um, and it was minimal. I wish we would have got to play her more, but um, the other ones, hardly any 
and some of them no minutes at all on varsity last year. So for them to do what they're doing, uh, I'm really proud of them, and, and I hope they know that. And I hope that they're proud of themselves and realize, you know, how far they've come this season and, and the fabulous job that I think that they are doing. Two big wins over teams above them in the standings, uh, Mount Lebanon, Chartiers Valley, putting Upper St. Clair in a position where you want to be controlling your own destiny heading into the final week of the regular season. Uh, Pete, take care. I'm sure uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll bump into each other here either next week or into the postseason. Don, always a pleasure. You're the best in the business, and I'll tell Mike that too. So, you know, not going to that. <laughs> Mike never on his podcast. <laughs> Thank you, Pete. All right, Don, you take care of yourself. All right, you do the same. Pete right. Serio. Um, it really is an amazing job that they have done, uh, him and, and Susie McConnell Serio, his wife, um, because of key major injuries that uh, – as he, his coach put it, a uh, black cloud, uh, but they have rebounded. And this year, it really did appear when Riley went down that because of the youth, because of the inexperience, they were just really, hey, let's get the experience for next year. But that has not been the case. Five and five since the key injury to, as Pete said, he believes the best player in the WPIAL. Um, and they are right now in control of their own destiny heading into the final week as far as a playoff berth is concerned. We're going to run down the 6A, 5A, 4A playoff berths in a moment. Speaking of Riley, by the way, um, she, we had her on a few weeks ago. She was tremendous uh, after or after she got hurt. Uh, she's going to uh, be joining us again, our midweek podcast, not this week, but next week once the brackets come out. And she is going to be our girls basketball playoff expert, not just 6A. I told her, I said, you better start, you know, checking out what's going on in those uh, other classifications, too. And she's ready and raring to go. So um, she'll be joining us, uh, I believe. Uh, well, we'll see who's who's going to be our boys expert um, uh, in, through the postseason. All right. Uh, let's get you caught up to date uh, with the three highest classifications, 6A, 5A, 4A, the section standings as – we're taping this on Friday, so most teams are at least through to the final week of the regular season coming up, and that would leave them with two section games remaining. Uh, Norman is your uh, uh, section one champion. Um, they've at least clinched a, a share of the title uh, with North Allegheny. They're 8-0. No, NA is 5-2. and two. Right now, Seneca Valley, Pine Richland tied for third place, both 4-4. Four and four. In Section 2, Peters Township, perfect, 19-0 in the season. They're 10-0 in the section. They are your Section 2 champs. Chartiers Valley, 7-3. Mount Lebanon, 6-5. Upper St. Clair, 5-5. Five five. Kenan McMillan's 3-6, but the Big Macs um, will be in must-win mode on Monday when they visit Upper St. Clair. Kenan Mac still has a game against last place Baldwin and first place Peters Township on their schedule. They really have to win at least to probably all three um, to have a chance. They at least have to beat Upper St. Clair. 5A, Section 1, Indiana and Plummer, even in the loss column, Little Indians 9-1, and one. Mustangs are 8-1. and one. Woodland Hills is 6-4. and four. Penn Hills right now sits in fourth place, 5-5. Five and five. They're one game up in the loss column, 
on Franklin Regional. Section 25A, uh, both Armstrong and North Hills are deadlocked for the top spot. They're both 8-2. and two. One game back in the loss column is Hampton, having just lost to uh, uh, Armstrong uh, on Thursday or Tuesday or Monday or Wednesday this week. Uh, Mars is alone in fourth place, and they are two games up on Fox Chapel in the chase for that final playoff spot. Section 3 of 5A, Oakland Catholic is 11-0 and and have guaranteed themselves at least a share of the section title. They have a big one coming up next week against McKeesport. The Tigers only one section loss. That was to Oakland Catholic. The Tigers are 8-1 and now with Matt Miller, the, uh, the football coach of the Tigers, uh, the interim girls basketball coach. Uh, the winning has continued uh, under his tutelage. Penn Trafford is in third place at 6-4. and four. Latrobe sits in fourth place alone at 5-5. Five and five. They're one game up in the loss column on Thomas Jefferson. I believe the Wildcats and Jaguars play next week. They do, uh, February 5th uh, at Thomas Jefferson. So that'll be a big one, especially for the Jaguars, who are one game <clears throat> behind uh, Latrobe in the battle for a playoff spot. Section 4, 5A, 4 of 5A. Uh, Lincoln Park lost for the first time this past week, uh, Thursday, to Moon. Big upset for the Tigers. Moon battling for a playoff spot. That was a huge victory. Lincoln Park still in great shape for the section title. They're still one game up in the loss column on Trinity. Uh, defending champion South Fayette, five and three, two games behind the Leopards. And right now, Moon and Montour deadlocked, tied for fourth place at three and five. In Section 4-5A, those two teams will meet um, next Thursday at Moon, likely for a WPIL playoff berth. All right, let's go to 4A now. In Section 1, North Catholic, your section champions, perfect at 11-0. Highlands is in second place at 8-2. Greensburg, Salem, and Knock are tied for third place at 6-4. Section 2-4A. Uh, Blackhawk, your section champion, uh, at eight and zero. Quaker Valley is four and three. The second place, the second through fifth in this section, uh, was uh, has only one game separating those f- uh, four teams. Quaker Valley is four and three. Hopewell is four and four. Central Valley is four and four. Beaver is three and four, heading into the uh, final week. Of the regular season, Quaker Valley has three section games left. Uh, they are playing Ambridge on Friday. They are playing Blackhawk next Monday, and then next Thursday they end up with Central Valley. So a couple big head-to-head games um, there. Uh, Hopewell, uh, two games section games remaining next week against Central Valley, and also at Ambridge. The Central Valley game is home for the Vikings. Uh, speaking of Central Valley, they have two section games left at Hopewell, and they are home to Quaker Valley to conclude section play. And finally, Beaver, they have three section games uh, remaining, and they're all next week. Uh, they will be taking on Ambridge um, and Blackhawk. They only have two section games remaining. I'm, I apologize. Um, so Ambridge and Blackhawk. Uh, coming up next week for the Beaver Bobcats. So 
Um, Blackhawk, the only team that has clinched a playoff berth in Section 2. Section 3 of 4A, Elizabeth Forward, uh, they have clinched to share the section title. Laurel Highlands and West Mifflin are tied for second at 8-2. and two. Bell Vernon alone in fourth place at 6-5. and five. What does it mean as far as playoff clinchings are concerned? These teams are in. In Class 6A, there will be at least eight teams, possibly nine, that make the postseason. Norwin, North Allegheny, Seneca Valley, Pine Richland, all in from Section 1. Peters Township, Chartiers Valley, and Mount Lebanon are in from Section 2. Upper St. Clair, if they beat Canna McMillan Monday, they also clinch a district playoff berth. 5A, 13 teams have clinched. Indiana Plum and Woodland Hills from Section 1. Armstrong, North Hills, Hampton, Mars from Section 2. Oakland Catholic, McKeesport, and Penn Trafford from Section 3. And Lincoln Park, Trinity, and South Fayette from Section 4. In 4A, nine teams have clinched uh, out of at least 12, making it uh, in Section 1, North Catholic, Highlands, Greensburg, Salem, and Knock are all in. Uh, Section 2, again, Blackhawk, the only team that's clinched. Section 3, Elizabeth Forward, Laurel Highlands, West Mifflin, Bell Vernon are all in. Thanks to Pete Serio of Upper St. Clair, our girls basketball team of the week. Thanks to Chris Lackner, our producer as well. I'm Don Rebel. One week remaining in the WPIL regular season. Buckle up. It's the Rebel Yell podcast on the Trib Live High School Sports Network.